This show contains movie spoilers and swearing. This is Max Hedrum, and what you're about to witness is one of the most sinister-sounding intros to one of the greatest epics ever produced. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy. I'll tell you why I'm testy. Today, I was nearly hung. I got into a fight with a psychotic albino. I met a human pincushion in the bathroom. I ate a cockroach, my best friend disappears, and then I'm nearly assassinated by a runaway elevator. I've had a bad day. All I want to do is find AJ and get back to school. Is that too much to ask for? Hello and welcome back to another episode of Dude Looks Like the 80s. I'm your host RJ McCready and for bonus episode number 5 we're going to be taking a look at the 1986 comedy horror movie Vamp. And as I said before guys this is all part of my horror trilogy for the month of October being the horror season. So let's take a look at the trailer and we'll get straight into this guys. I will see you soon. Did you ever have one of those nights? Hey, where are we going? Ah, doesn't matter. What counts is that you're my buddy. <laughs> my day didn't start off too well. We be looking for ya. Are we chumpy tonight? And then it got worse. We're here. And then, gentlemen, I give you Katrina. You're just what I'm looking for. Why'd you pick on us? What's a mistake? It was a little error there, a little communication error. I'm sorry. Uh oh. Let's just get out of here. This is not really happening. Hello, baby. God, you look awful. What happened to you? I was nearly hung. I got into a fight with a psychotic albino. I ate a cockroach, my best friend disappeared, and then I'm nearly assassinated by a runaway elevator. Anyone can have an off night? This is fantastic! 
dick. Fab, a comedy with bite. And of course, Grace Jones. And welcome back, guys. So, before From Dust Till Dawn, which came out in 1996, turn back the time 10 years, back to 1986, and you had the horror comedy fantasy film Vamp. And the reason why I mentioned From Dust Till Dawn, when you look at these two movies, they can go back to back. Okay, From Dust Till Dawn has its own charm, as I always like to say. I'm not knocking that film at all. But like I say, 10 years before that, in the 80s, you had this movie. It's uh, two college lads going to a nightclub and it turn, they turn into vampires and what a fantastic concept that is. So the synopsis for this movie is, I've just given away, is two fraternity pledges travel to a sleazy bar in search of a stripper for their college friends, unaware is occupied by vampires. What a great concept for a movie, strip club vampires and two college guys. And you know what I'm going to say here guys, if you've listened to my previous episodes, I'm like Charlie Brewster, with, I think I called it in the 90s, staying up late, having some munchies, watching the old TV and this film comes on. And obviously back then you didn't have any sort of Google or anything like that, you just relied on what came on the, on the TV. And this movie came on, and again I was blown away by it. It's, uh, you could, I could relate to it because it's two college lads, I was going to college back then. And um, it's got a good soundtrack. It's got um, obviously Grace Jones in it. Um, she was on top of her game at this time with fashion and music. It's very iconic. And for me, it's got a real comic book vibe to it as well. It's got the neon lights in it. It's very, very dark. Um, and it also moves along at a pace. So I think you get your five bucks worth with this movie and talking about bucks it was actually made for three million dollars uh, which wasn't an awful lot of money and it made a little bit of return didn't blow out the box office it i guess it kind of flopped in a way it's 4.5 million dollars it made back and it starred let's have a look at who starred in this movie so you've got chris makepeace he was known for a film called my bodyguard it's got robert rustler He's, you know, you might have seen him in Weird Science. And D.D. Pfeiffer, which is Michelle Pfeiffer's sister. And Betty Drago. <laughs> and, yeah, he, he always turns up in these types of movies. He's, uh, he's known for playing a bad guy. And unfortunately he passed away. I think he passed away this year, uh, which is very sad. Uh, but I think it, as much as he played bad guys and and these sort of horrible characters I mentioned in The Untouchables, I think he was actually a nice guy in real life. And obviously Grace Jones. So it's got a pretty good cast, and let's mention the director. The director for this movie is called Richard Wenk, and this was his first big production. He's otherwise known as a writer in Hollywood. He wrote um, The Expendables 2 and The Mechanic with Jason Statham, he also wrote The Equaliser, so he went on to become more of a writer than a director. But I think he had a ton of movie, a ton of fun with this film. So let's have a look at this film then. So the film starts with our two heroes looking like they're just about to get hung by a satanic group. They've got potato sacks over their heads and they're tied up. 
but as it turns out the camera pans down and this group turn out to be like these popular kids at school and Keith and Asia are trying to get into their group feeling like that would benefit them whilst they're at the college because they basically got everything that they need um, but AJ says look I'm bored with this I don't want to go through this ritual how about I get you a stripper for the night and at this point Keith feels a little bit concerned because they're in the middle of nowhere and they've got money no money and Keith says how are we going to do this and you've got this scene right here a stripper and by tonight this is great I can't wait to see you get us out of this one after all these years you don't trust me the truth no lie to me yeah I trust you yeah so without any money or real transportation uh, they figure out that the only way they're going to do it is to borrow a Cadillac from a lonely rich student called Duncan who insists that he'll come along with him and he says look you can borrow my Cadillac just as long as you're my friends for a week because he doesn't have any friends but he's got a lot of money so that's it the adventure's on the guys get in the car and off they go and you get this little clip here this is fantastic hey guys I'm psyched let's party hey where are we going ah, doesn't matter what counts is that you're my buddy <laughs> so there you go guys that gives you a good idea of Duncan this is fantastic <laughs> so they oh heroes gotta call them all heroes they they drive to uh, downtown i don't i don't know if they mention what city it's in but anyway they go to a downtown city and they get caught in uh like a traffic accident and the car spins around now this is a clever scene this can be overlooked by the viewer but the trivia here is as the Scott Tar spins round and as it stops, it goes from night, uh, night, it goes from daytime to nighttime, and then everything becomes desolate. It's like there's no one else around, everybody's disappeared, there's no other cars about, and I feel like you've just gone from daytime to this all of a sudden this neon comic book feel in the movie. And I think that's a clever sense, almost like a I guess what you could call like a Wizard of Oz type thing where sort of Dorothy's, you know, <laughs> we're not in Kansas anymore. Uh, maybe that's where they are. Um, so that's a clever that's a clever bit of filmmaking. So after evading through a group of psychotic albinos, which is the first group that they come across, um, and that's where you see the Frank Nitti character, uh, they arrive at the After Dark Club and this is where you are introduced to Grace Jones and the, out, the, the other bit of trivia here is that the actual outfit that she comes out in here is um, based on one of the characters from Blade Runner uh, predominantly so that artwork is based on that movie but then you get this scene right here gentlemen I give you Katrina So there you go, it's a great dance routine by Grace Jones and as you can see this is what she was pinnacle in at this time in the 80s and like I said she doesn't say anything but that works okay with me, that creates a little bit of uh, mystique for the movie. After the dance scene AJ visits her in her dressing room 
and he tries to convince her to come to the college to do a strip routine. Uh, Katrina seduces AJ and she pins him down and bites him on his neck and at this time you think AJ is dead or turned into a vampire. Keith becomes concerned and he gets help from a waitress which is Dee Dee Pfeiffer as I mentioned before that's uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's sister and her name in the movie is Amaretto um, so Keith is assisted by Amaretto they go to search the neighborhood and this is where Keith goes for a number of um, obstacles in the movie as he mentions at the start of the show where he comes across the psychotic albinos again he comes across the vampires he gets caught in a elevator he then calls the police and he comes back to the club and he tries to convince the police that his friend has been killed but then the vampires in the club bring AJ back to life again or he comes back as a vampire and he says no I'm okay I'm still alive but then after that um, AJ tries to convince Keith to say look I'll turn into a vampire can you kill me and Keith succumbs to this and he kills AJ with a piece of um, furniture or he stakes him which would be the correct word in this situation I guess after this Keith with Amaretto and Duncan they flee the nightclub and they get into the car and try to drive away but they are rammed by a vehicle driven by the vampires they try to escape and then this time Duncan has been turned into a vampire so they abandon him and the car blows up and Duncan's left in the car and he burns up with it they manage to escape and Keith finds a hardware store where he breaks into it and he finds the sports goods sections, a bit like Ash from the Evil Dead. Um, shop smart, shop is smart. You got that? So anyway, he finds a, uh, a bow and arrow, which he's pretty handy with. And he still doesn't trust Amaretto. And he thinks that he, she might be a vampire coming from this club. And he, he just confronts her. He's just toying with her. And you get this scene here. Hey, where'd you get that? Get back. Come good with this, believe me. Look, no thanks, come on. Who are you? I, 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 um... Your name. Tell me your real name. Um, I, uh... This isn't exactly the time I had in mind. I thought maybe... So as you can hear there, uh, the vampires are in pursuit of them. They run out onto the street and they get surrounded by the vampires. A car turns up and it crashes into the vampires and out of the car is the psychotic albinos uh, which is uh, Frank Nitti. Uh, they confront the vampires and they have a fight. Um, the albinos don't actually know about the vampires, they just think they're a, a gang of some sort. Uh, but then this gives the opportunity for Keith and Ryan Moretto to get away. So they go back down into the sewers and this is where they find the vampires lair. Uh, Keith finds a drum of like kerosene or something and he tips it over and he gets some matches out and um, he blows them all up. So after destroying all the vampires he then comes across the big boss which is Grace Jones. She comes out of her tomb and 
she confronts them, she takes hold of Alison. And then you've got a scene here, it's a bit like William Tell, it's uh, Keith gets his bow and arrow. And he points it at Grace Jones and he fires an arrow straight through her mouth. But it doesn't kill her. So then he gets a pole of some sort and he stakes her through the heart. Still doesn't work. So then he manages to uh, open up a manhole cover. And some sunlight comes through and then uh, Grace Jones blows up into a, like a ball of fire and then into like a skeleton. And she falls back onto the floor and then it's like a little bit of a joke here. The sort of skeletal hand just comes up and just gives him the finger. And that's it. And he's taken her out. So the boss is defeated. All the vampires are destroyed or are they? They go to walk out from the sewers and then Alison gets grabbed by a vampire. And it's one final showdown you didn't expect. Um, but as this happens, the vampire gets staked from behind and it's AJ. He turns up, he's not dead. And he comes out and says, look, you know, Keith, when you stabbed me earlier, it was for Micah. So there's obviously, I don't know if that works in the vampire world. I'd have to find out. But apparently for Micah doesn't kill vampires. So that's one to remember. And then you get this final scene. I'll just play it. Well, don't everybody thank me all at once. For Micah. Go figure. Relax. I'll take care of this somehow. This has been one wacky night. You're telling me? I'm gonna need some new clothes here. Well, wait, where are you going? After all these years, you don't trust me? I can't handle this, you know. And that's it. Key from Namoretto. Managed to get out of the sewer. It's daytime. They go up onto the road. They kiss. And then the end credits roll, and poor old AJ's left in the sewer, and that's it. So, if you haven't seen Vamp, go check it out. It's a good movie. Remember, it's done for three million bucks. So, I think you get a lot of movie out of this. Um, there's also, I forgot to mention, there's some good special effects in here, especially towards the end when the vampires come out and they get surrounded. You certainly see this type of vampire from here onwards in certainly in the 80s certainly with what i mentioned earlier from dust till dawn when you look at these vampires they are dust till dawn type um vampires and a little bit of trivia there's not a hell of a lot of trivia on this movie what i did find out was that tina turner was approached for the role of the grace jones character so that would have been that would have been interesting um i guess we would have had some speaking lines with tina turner we all don't know. We'll be forever in wonder with that. But like I say, I hope you enjoyed the episode, guys. I will be back for... I've got a listener request from Mr. Dan Bone from the podcast on Haunted Hill. He has uh, asked me if I could cover the movie Biggles. Again, back in... I think that came out in 1986. So that will be the next bonus episode coming up. So look out for that. And again, thanks to everybody's participation on the Facebook page. Keep it going, guys. Keep let's keep the 80s going. We're having a ton of fun there. So I will leave you with the end credits song by Lowry. I think that's how you pronounce it. And I will see you guys soon.